Hello, and welcome to Homegrown History with Limestone County Archivist, Rebecca Davis, and longtime Athens, Alabama native, Richard Martin. Each episode, Richard and Rebecca backtrack in time to explore some of the more famous and infamous events etched in Limestone County's rich history. Welcome back to Homegrown History. I'm Rebecca Davis, the archivist at the Limestone County Archives, here with my co-host. I'm Richard Martin, the oldest one here. That's right, Richard Martin, the oldest one here, a Limestone County native. We're talking about Limestone County history with a couple of homegrown folks. And today we're excited to have some special guests here today, also some homegrown folks that are going to talk to us about the Trail of Tears. That's one of those topics that we don't have a whole lot of information about at the Limestone County Archives. Those are federal records and it was a federal event and a lot of the native history happened before Limestone County was established. However, it's something that is very significant to Limestone County history, and it's something a lot of people don't really know a lot about uh, what all happened here. I mean, everybody sees the motorcycles come through once a year, but there's more to it than that. And so to talk about today, I want you fellas to introduce yourself. We'll start over here with David. I'm David Walker, and I'm not really a native of Ardmore, but I pretty much lived in Ardmore most of my life. Yeah. I grew up in Giles <laughs> County down in a place called Spookala. Ronnie's really familiar with that place. <laughs> yes. But I was fascinated by the landforms and some things that I saw in the ground there that didn't make sense to me. So I've studied them most of my life, and lo and behold, something happened before we were here. Right. We're starting to bring that out of the earth. Right. That's exciting. Yes, it is. And Ronnie, we have you here today. Tell us a little bit about who you are and why you're here. I'm Ronnie Corneason. Uh, I live in Ardmore. I've been, lived there all my life. My dad was a school teacher up there. Uh, the Corneason family has been there since 1950. But uh, I started into the history. Uh, I was very interested in a, an old hotel that was below me. I live on Thatch Road called the Woolly Springs Hotel. Oh, yeah. And in my research of all that, it just kept branching out and leading to why uh, the roads were made. And then I started discussing with David one day about the roads, and he brought up the Trail of Tears, and that's where we are today. We're we're fixing to get some signs erected on 251 where the the Beans Trail went through Ardmore. Sure. So that's what we're going to talk a little bit today, about what you all have learned and and, uh, how it connects in through Ardmore, and then, of course, through uh, Athens and through Highway 72 as well. So let's start with a little background first of how we got here, here in Limestone County. As y'all know, the big bend of the Tennessee River that became Limestone County was sort of a um, meeting place between where the Cherokees of the east side and the Chickasaws of the west side of North Alabama sort of clashed, didn't they? That's why there's lots of arrowheads to be found. And they, um, over time, the Chickasaws sort of became the dominant tribe here in Limestone County. And up to 1816, the Chickasaw Territory was very fiercely protected. The Chickasaw Territory line took a northwest to southeast track that cut right just west of Ardmore, didn't it? Right. So Ardmore was open settlement, but west of Ardmore was not. As of 1806, Ardmore was kind of open to settlement. It wasn't really allowed, but there were people in the area already. Exactly, exactly. And that's where that's where a lot of the trouble came in, wasn't it? Because mm-hmm. people would settle east of the line and think they were fine, and then they'd sort of drift over west of the line and would find themselves in Chickasaw Territory. A lot of them felt like they had been granted access to that land yes. prior to 1816. There was this Cherokee warrior named Doublehead. 
who lived in the area, and he, he had his own land, but he started making land deals after smoking a peace pipe with George Washington. <laughs> Got to watch some peace pipes, uh, don't you? I had some ancestors who were part of that in the Sims settlement. Tell us a little bit about where your ancestors fit into the Sims settlement, David. Uh, mine were the Riggs family. Dr. Reuben Riggs. Yes. He was a Revolutionary War figure and a physician and moved into the area. About 1805 to 1807, he was in the area. And in 1809, he's named by the Chickasaw as a trespasser on their land. Oh, wow. So your your folks were some of those original illegal aliens on Chickasaw, right. in Chickasaw Nation, weren't that's they? Right. That's now, why we had all this trouble. That's right. Now, Richard, you had folks that were part of the, the Civil Settlement. The Kaufman family came down. How about that? Yeah, okay. the Kaufmans. Down the river and then up Elk River. Then right. um, Fort Hampton was established by the United States government right. to trying to drive people off. That's right. Um, but then eventually, some of the same natives who helped Andrew Jackson in the French and Indian War found themselves on the wrong side of Jackson's stick, didn't they? Right. Why don't you tell us a little bit about that? Um, Jackson is a complicated character. Yes. Because there are a lot of things that he did that were quite innovative, and but he had his own prejudices. He liked to deal with the natives the way he thought they were dealing with everybody else. And he right. applied that in his life and in his political practices. Right. And that's why we see so much of this thrust and counter thrust. Because he had adopted a Native Americans into his family. Mm-hmm. I don't know if a lot of people know that or not, but you read into it, you'll find out he had adopted some Cherokee children into his family. I didn't even know that. I'm not sure that they survived to adulthood, but oh. they are out there. Let's see. I think a lot of the big problem was the discovery of gold right. in Georgia, Virginia, North Carolina, and Alabama. In fact, one of what, my about what time frame was that? This was the uh, 1820s. Okay, so when they were still making uh, liquid moonshine gold over in Limestone <laughs> County. <laughs> Supposedly, one of my uncles, Benjamin Parks Jr., was running through a creek with one of his Native American buddies. And they stumbled upon a very shiny rock in the creek in Delano, Georgia. So they took it home and showed it to Benjamin's parents. And they said, we got to keep this quiet because yes. we know what's going to happen. Yeah. But it wasn't kept quiet. And the next thing you know, they have the gold rush of 1828. And so people just came in throngs into the Indian land. And uh, that compelled a lot of federal action, a lot of state action, a lot of individual action to leverage the civilized tribes out of the southeast. And so in that area, it was mostly Cherokee, wasn't it? Right. And, um, and now it was the, the, in 1830, the Indian Removal Act was right. actually became official, didn't it? That's right. And, and at that point, you've got several different routes that were taken from the eastern states to remove everyone out west. Right. And by the way, just as an archivist, I kind of want to throw in here too, we have so many people who come and look for their native ancestors. And if you um, want to try to find who your folks were that ended up out in Oklahoma, the Dawes Rolls are um, what you look for. You can just Google that if you want to. And they're on the National Archives and sites like Fold3 and Ancestry have some of them digitized. But that was the final role of the people who ended up out in Oklahoma from all these places in, uh, in the east. I know I saw there were some actually some creek routes that came through here too, right? Right. There was an amalgamation of, det- of detachments that went from Tal- the Talladega area to Gunner's Landing and then down the river to sure. Decatur. That would be the Dees Whiteley detachment. Tell so us a little that, bit about what these detachments are and what that means. Well, you know, there were two major movements of Native Americans out of the southeast into 
Arkansas and Oklahoma. Um, the first one was in 1816, 1820, and they moved voluntarily. Uh-huh. This is before the Indian Removal Act. And then in the 1830s, after the Indian uh, Removal Act, a lot of the Cherokee who were still around were called belligerents. And the Creeks oh. and Cherokees did not want to leave. They had first title to the land. And so they had a right to say they didn't want to leave, but you know, they were kind of pushed into sure. accepting money and signing a contract saying, you're going to leave. And Jackson and Winfield Scott and all those guys were determined to get him out of here. Right. And they did. I believe there were 11 different Cherokee detachments that went from the southeast to Oklahoma. Uh, there were three that came through Limestone County. Okay. One was the D's Whiteley Attachment, and they went along the Tennessee River. Okay. And the Rhodes Ferry and Decatur. Now, who, what were these names? These were actually also Cherokees that were leading these? Or? I don't believe these guys were. These okay. were federal officers. Okay. Uh, and I believe Drain was also a federal officer. That's the second uh, detachment that went through Limestone County. And they followed what is generally accepted as US 72 today. Okay. It's not the exact route. We had the Athens Pike, uh, Forest Avenue, uh, some other roads heading west would okay. have been like prior to being an American road or a road in American times, it would have been called the Upper River Road. Okay. Or the North River. It's a stagecoach road, what is right. Right. But, but it was a path that was taken by natives who would otherwise be taking the river. But if the river was above flood stage or okay. and, and by my understanding the Indians were very uh they feared the river. Right. And so none of you know, they were putting them on boats, but some of them would not go, so they, they, oh. they went by land. So it was right. a, a big, you know, thing they That's uh, interesting. Yeah. yeah, with the drains, drain was going to take them down the river, but like he said, they had a problem with going down the river. Yeah. And also the river was real low, so it was dangerous. Sure. Once you get to, to the, get shoals, over the shoals, they yeah. like, we can't do this. Also, it's costly to disembark from a boat, take everybody's stuff off and put it on another boat below the shoals. Like with the, the Dees Whiteley route, they went to Rhodes Ferry and took a railroad track. Oh, okay. It was the first railroad west of the Appalachian in the United States, and it went from Decatur to Tuscumbia and had two pig iron slats that they would run the, the train on and they'd have to go two miles an hour or something like that. <laughs> so does that follow a route of a modern railroad that's yes, there today? Uh, the one that's there today. If you go along Alt 20 or okay. Alt 72 US 20, yes. or Highway 20, uh, it's right there on the left side of the road. Okay. All right. It's the same route. And that's the Dees Whiteley route? Yes. Okay. And which route is it that goes down 72 now? That's the drain route. That's the drain route. Now, I have a little bit of a personal connection to that one. My kid's great uncle, uh, Jerry Davis, he and his motorcycle riding buddies were the, some of the ones who started the Trail of Tears motorcycle ride way back in like the 80s. He had gotten to study in his family and his great-grandmother was a, maybe it was his grandmother, was a full-blooded Cherokee. From what I understand from family history, she actually escaped the trail. A lot of people did this. They would they would flee along the way, and she did like a lot of other folks did, and this is over in Jackson County, uh, Alabama. She knocked on a farmhouse door and said, please take me in, and they did. And she lived there as part of the family, and then she married, you know, one of the white people that lived there, and that's their family. But when he got to learning about it, it touched him so much that he was like, you know what? 
we should just ride that route. And so they rode it from Scottsboro all the way over to Waterloo. And that first year, I think it was three or four of them. And it just grew and grew. And now you've got this. As as anyone knows, on the day that the Trail of Tears motorcycle ride comes through Athens, you might as well just find another way to get around Highway 72 because you ain't going nowhere for hours. It's tens of thousands of riders now, isn't it? What are those other routes? With, with Drain, again, that's, that was another federal officer. The Cherokee were, were very displeased. They were outraged at the uh, the attrition on the routes, the, the number of deaths, the disease, the mistreatment, the abuse that was occurring. Yeah. They were losing thousands of mm-hmm. people. What were people day. dying of? Well, smallpox, mm-hmm. uh, just general illnesses, fatigue. Uh, they were starving to death. Wow. They weren't treated properly. So uh, Chief John Ross petitioned the government to allow their own people to lead the detachments out of the southeast Oklahoma. And John Bench was one of those. He was a grandson of the Bench, who was okay. a notorious Cherokee chief with a flaming red hair, curly red hair. I think he was half Cherokee, half white. And he was a notorious warrior for the Cherokee Nation. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think it was John Sevier who scalped him in an ambush. You know, they scalped him and put his scalp in the Smithsonian Institute. Oh, wow. It's still there. Wow. The red one? Yes. Is that right? Yes. What else? John Binge was, I would say, barely Cherokee, but he was still part of the Cherokee Nation. There were a lot of white people who were members of the Cherokee Nation. Mm -hmm. Uh, My Bates family was likely, they were white people who were Tories Mm -hmm. or pro-British during the Revolution and got run out of South Carolina. They couldn't afford to go back to England or to Canada. So they just headed west over the mountains and became Cherokee. Interesting. That's what I think happened. Hypothetically, in talking to a lot of Cherokee people for years and years, we kind of figured out that's probably what happened. They just sort of got assimilated in, huh? Right. Mm-hmm. Interesting. So how does Benj and his route play into then the Limestone County route? And where, where were they coming from? Where did Benj's Fort Payne. route? Okay, they started Fort out in Fort Payne. Yep. Okay. I don't know how many were stockaded down there or if they organized I saw Fort, somewhere 1,200, about 1,200 started by, out. By the time they got into Limestone County, there were 1,200 there. Okay. And I've got an out that's, if, if everybody's interested in history, it's called the GAIA GPS out. It's okay. A, it's an old trail. You can find old trails and stuff. But I have followed, uh, I went over and tried to figure out kind of where this route went. And to, to my best knowledge, uh, it came through Huntsville on Pulaski Pike. And about right there, about where the Toyota plant is, yeah. it took a left on Carter's Gin Road, and then it took Bo Harris Road, then it took Shady Grove Road, which is the road it runs in front of Fowler's Auction. And then that's where Limestone County comes in. It comes across, then it comes what we call Pinedale, sure. uh, Mitchell Loop Road. That trail went right there, and then right there in the curb, before you get to Ardmore, uh, is the Beeline Highway. And it followed the Beeline Highway into Ardmore up to Pulaski. Is that where Mildred's is? No, uh, uh, nope. Uh, Mildred's is a little bit north, but uh, but everybody does that trail goes to Mildred's, okay? <laughs> that's right. So that GI, I went and followed the route, the old what to call the trail route. Uh, that that's the route that the federal government does recognize as an official route of the Binge John Binge Trails. A lot of the Cherokee will place the route from Brownsboro to Meridianville. Follow the Meridianville Pike down to Beaver Dam Road to Bo Harris to uh, Tony Road and Herbert Clark Road up to Shady Grove. Right, but the Baines route is 
it don't have a lot of documentation, does right. it? Right. Uh, that's why. I, that's why I guess it's not as famous as the other routes. But Pulaski, Tennessee, does recognize the Beans Trail. They've got a, a monument up there, and they have the lines where. Sure. But it just never was recognized in Limestone County. And, and David here knows a lot more about Indian history. I was just looking for the roads. Right. And the big key to this is Woolly Springs Hotel and the Elkmont Springs Hotel. That's in the 1800s. I've got articles where people are going back and forth, okay? Ardmore was not even in existence, okay? Sure. But the road was there. And this 1838 uh, movement put it right through Ardmore, so there was a road there. Why was that road there? Is because back in those days, water source, and, and it wasn't a hotel then, but it was a, a very of, spiritual right. place. But those roads, that's how I got involved. Yeah. I was just trying to do a little research on the Beeline Highway. And the sure. Beeline Highway kind of runs... Just like the Beans Trail from Ardmore to Pulaski, that's kind of, so that road was already there. So they were all trying to get to Pulaski and then take along about what is now Highway 64 out west, right? Is that correct? More or less. The the old road is actually south of 64. You can drive the exact route. Well, now, and I know that part of the trail cuts through David Crockett State Park. Right. Because I've walked that part, Mm -hmm. part of that. It's part of the trail system they've got in David Crockett State Park, but you can see those deep, deep ruts that are still, after, what, 200 years now, still very deep ruts where there were so many people that walked through there. So if if anyone wants to put your foot where your ancestors did, you can do that right up the road in Lawrence County, Tennessee. There are two ways we know the route uh, came through Limestone County. One is the postal messages sent back and forth, the correspondence between the tribe or John Binge's detachment and the federal government. And one of them places them at Pleasant Spring. Pleasant mm-hmm. Spring was right on the Limestone County, Madison County line uh, on Shady Grove Road, right about where Jade Lane and Shady Grove Road meet, right mm-hmm. in that area. I haven't found the spring yet. I'm looking. Right. Um, it's got to be there somewhere. Well, and tell a little bit about how you used aerial photos oh, at the Limestone County Archives to help. The, the big problem was... The National Park Service has worked very diligently to try to find this route and used a lot of resources, a lot of time and people for years to figure this out. But trying to figure out what happened around Ardmore was very difficult. The reason why is because the maps were convoluted. Yes. There were two routes, north and south, between Huntsville and Pulaski. But they weren't always recorded together. Quite often, one was forsaken for the other by the map maker. And so you couldn't tell. Right. And so using historical data, the most valuable forensic might not understand what happened. They might not see this. I found a little report, a news report in 1888, talked about two Pulaski roads that diverged out of Madison Crossroads. And that's how I found out. No wonder they had a problem. There right. were two different roads they could have taken. And the National Park Service mapped one road that goes through Limestone County for six-tenths of a mile. But the old Cherokee stories that have been handed down were of a road that went through Ardmore. This one road going six-tenths of a mile through Limestone County wouldn't touch no, Ardmore. No. And in 1838, you know, you're talking four, five, six miles. That's not the Ardmore area. Well, and another reason is there was a route from Athens right. up to the Springs. Okay, why would anybody be wanting to go in what I call the dark corner? Right. Elkmont Springs was in Ardmore on the Tennessee side. Woolly Springs was down next to uh, Woolly Springs Road and Thatch Road. But there was also another springs that's very mysterious to me. I, 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 it was called Crutcher Springs. Okay, mm-hmm. and I've got documentation in the 1800s where 
people from Athens were going to Woolly Springs. Right. But the major hotel that uh, was Elkmont Springs, it was really, really nice. But but these roads are played a, an important role. That's what created Ardmore is the road and right. the railroad track. Right. And that's another story. Sand Springs also was a very uh, a key place where people met uh, on Thatch Road. That's where Germantown. It was there way before Ardmore. And I've got these maps showing everybody going to Sand Springs, to Woolly Springs, and to Elkmont Springs. That's how these roads were created. Ah, and that's what the natives followed, right? Mm-hmm. What were you going to say, Richard? Uh, Elkmont Spring, right where was it? It was just across the line where uh, everybody knows where Rick's Barbecue is now, the new sure. Rick's Barbecue, the road right behind it. Union Hill and, Road. And if you look, the overlook on the interstate, that spring overlooked that hill over there. And I've got, I got articles. You. I've got articles. Yeah. 1800s, hundreds. very affluent yeah. people would come there. Yeah. I was uh, out looking. We were trying to nominate the Byler Roads, the first publicly enacted highway in Alabama, mm-hmm. December of 1819. I was following that trail with some Cherokees and with some historians. And one of the men on there said, you're from Ardmore. And I said, yes, sir. And he's like, uh, you know about the trail of tears that passed through there? It's like, well, no, I know there's one in the area, but I had no idea it came through Ardmore. And he said, yes, right through the middle of what's Ardmore now. So are you kidding me? Okay, so that's what sort of lit a fire up under you, is actually right. talking so, to said, uh, someone so of Cherokee you're descent. You're telling me that it's there? And he's like, yeah, where? He's like, oh, it's been obliterated. Nobody can find it. It's like, wait a minute. Interesting. And so that's where David knew. Ardmore, <laughs> like you said, it's the barons. Right. So Ardmore was not a place that people settled until Ardmore became a town. Right. When they put the railroad, railroad. through so if there was a road there in 1838, mm-hmm. it would have been there when they put the railroad in. Right. And it yeah. would still be visible to us. Today. There's right. no way it's not still there. He's right. like, well, nobody can find it. I was like, well, I'm mm. going to find it. Well, see, in <laughs> my study, I wasn't even thinking about the Trail of Tears. I was yeah. studying the Beeline Highway, the old right. routes, and I got David came to me one day, and, and I kind of brushed him off because, you know, when you start doing history, you just start chasing rabbits. It's like, right. Trust then, me, I know. Then, then, so I... I Finally, I got talked to him. I contacted the National Park Service, and they emailed me back. Said, "Yes, that is the route, and that's where uh, now we've got yeah. to the point where uh, we're waiting on the state to put the signs up. There's sure. a little bit late, but uh, it, it's just very interesting. But it all based on roads. Yeah, mm-hmm. and one of the things I know, y'all came to the archives. We have USDA aerial photos from the mm-hmm. 1950s there. And, um, I mean, there's yep, big old stacks of them there at the archives. What happened is they wanted to find a use for the P-38s that were left over from World War II. Yes. And so they started putting cameras on them. Mm-hmm. They commissioned them to perform aerial photography for the USGS survey of 1954. Right. They are fabulous photographs. The yes. topography and the land shapes, and they did a really good job of Limestone County. They did, and it, it covers a grid through the right. whole county, you know, just up and down, north to south, south to north, all the way, west to east. And there on the front, there's been hand-drawn, of course, this wasn't as helpful for what you knew, but if someone is looking for past usage of the land, it's hand-drawn the property lines, and on right. the back, it tells you who's farming those, who owns those farm properties. Well, what I did with those is I took all the historical maps going back to 1792, Put them in Photoshop, layered them, put the USGS map right. on top of it, yep. and then faded them together, and it showed me where the route was. As an archivist, one of the best things that can ever happen is when you yeah. hear somebody in there in the research room, and they're, oh, praise Jesus, you know they found something. David, I think he started praising Jesus when he started seeing these. You can see the, but you right. can see the trail cut through what now is a cotton field. Right. But you can see that there would be a farm road or something there. 
And it follows right along because it's that same road well, that's been there forever. Once I saw that, then I went along the route and I started talking to all the old folks on that route and they were confirming this was the old Huntsville Road. Well, yeah. this, this G-A-I-A-L. What is it again? It's G-A-I-A. Okay. It's a free app. Now you can, but it will layer the old map and you can you can tint what the current map is and you can go real time and drive and it'll show you oh, where so you're cool. at so that's i've done that okay does it kind of give you chills to be riding oh, yeah. along oh, yeah. and knowing oh, yeah. you're fo- you're right. following some ghosts i like i said i followed and you can make your own route and i've you know i've taken snapshots of it but uh, it, it's a cool lap if you're really interested in, in history. Well, and you get this sense, don't you, when you're doing this and you're following these routes that you're kind of on uh, holy ground, don't you? Oh, yeah. You know, where there was so much. There's a lot these, that happened. Yeah, where right. these people who, you know, the, are the native people that they, they came through. And, I mean, it was, it was called Trail of Tears. Trail of Tears seems like the understatement of, the, of, the, of American well, history, doesn't it? I found an article in 1903. I sent it to Richard. But the settlements in the early 1800s yes. was on Limestone Creek on the on the east side, but then around Elkmont. But the area between Ardmore and Athens called the Barrens. The Indians said the Barrens was a place that nothing could grow, okay? Yes. So it was a swamp. But you'll notice there's nothing, no settlement, but it's on the outsides. And that's where in 1903 the, uh, the Germans came in there and made sure. farms. So the trail that the, that the natives took, they, was um, was that through some of that swampy area, or did they have them on yeah. higher ground? Ardmore was pretty swampy at the time. If you come into Ardmore, you want to follow the trail exactly, as exactly as you possibly can. Yeah. Better come put on your waders. Well, you come on 251, <laughs> you turn left to 7th Street, which okay. would be the first road coming into Ardmore to the left. Take that, follow that, and there's a railroad trestle. You know, what we that. call the little overpass. Right. The, wait, wait, the, the railroad trestle that gets flooded every time it no. rains? <laughs> well, it, it, it can get flooded. The big one gets flooded a lot more. <laughs> yeah. But the little trestle, the little overpass, Okay. If you come through on the other side and you look behind the water treatment plant, there's a ditch there. That's, that's the old route. Okay. And you can follow that and... You can kind of see the landform and where the road was, and it crosses the state line right where uh, WSOB is. Right, right. Okay, I have two questions that have come to mind through this. Number one, in your studies, have you been able to find any indication of how the settlers who were living here at the time, what their reaction was to the folks coming through here, through the Cherokees coming through here, if they helped them, if they hurt them, if they steered clear? City people did not want them in their towns because of the disease that they supposedly carried. Wow. Which the irony is, the city people were probably the ones giving the diseases right. to them, right? Well, the smallpox was a problem. Yeah. There were some Indians who were provided blankets that had smallpox in them. But generally, they didn't want them in town because of possible altercations that could occur. As a matter of fact, there was an altercation in Guntersville between an Indian and a, a white person. And the white person wound up shooting the Indian. Wow. You know, I've been doing, it was a Charles Burris who lived on Limestone Creek, but he lived up on a hill. Now, it used to be a place called Center Hill, but he lived, this Burris guy lived on a plantation on a hill that overlooked an Indian reservation. Mm-hmm. And he, he, they said he was very uh, crafty and he didn't, you know, he, he knew how to handle the Indians. Mm-hmm. But there was a reservation, I, I would assume it'd be on the Madison County side, mm-hmm. right there on the line. To this but, day, that area is still designated as a significant Cherokee census area. Is that where Mitchell's shooting gallery is? Now, the the original Trail of Tears, uh, it's not a road there now, but it goes through the shooting 
the ranch. Yeah. And, and, okay. And you can and, see the rut in the road. Right. Wayne Mitchell, I talked to him and, uh, and Janet, and they are willing one day when we, we have a celebration on okay. that we might have it out there because the original route went right through. Oh, that'd be great. Because it goes there to Mitchell Loop Road. Yeah. Count the Limestone County Historical Society help finance that. Okay. that's that. that <laughs> you that, you that, heard it here first, folks. Okay. If, if you follow Mitchell Loop, you'll see the old roadbed. It's the ditch now. Okay. It's right through his property. Side. Going along Wayne Mitchell's property, the road's obvious. You'll also see a little, little cabin or little house uh, south of the... Mitchell Place, where the road passed right in front of it. But okay. I don't think that was a witness house. It was built there afterwards. See, I know you said the city folks didn't want them coming through there. Right. What about the folks out in the country? Do you know how they may have treated they them were as they were coming through? They had mixed feelings about it, mm-hmm. or they were thinking, okay, where can I get a piece of the land that they're oh, leaving? Oh, yeah. And then there were others who cried. Oh. A lot of people were very sad to see and it. He's talking about them. They're, they're just like us. And right. he's talking about a witness house. Like a witness house is a house that was erected during that time, and yeah. people could possibly witness the, the trail tears. In the National State Park, yes. when I contact them, they also are going to put signs up in Limestone County on 72 Highway. And guess what? The original route went through downtown Athens. There are some witness houses, and they're mm-hmm. supposed to put signage through Athens and go back out 72 because that was the original road. So we, Athens has really got a witness houses oh, that sure. were there. And yeah. uh, they're going to put signage up in Athens. Okay. I want to come back to that. I want to come back to my second question, though, that, I, that brought to my mind. Have you found anything in your research you know, I think about these routes that were going north and just what, well, right about the same time the Trail of Tears was going on, you also had slavery was really big. It was huge in Limestone County. I mean, this county was built by slave labor. Have you found anything to indicate whether or not some of these routes may have later been used by people in the Underground Railroad? I don't know that at all. I haven't, I haven't really studied that yet, but... I'm sure you know, it's I mean, if you think about it, it's a, it would be kind of a natural progression because it was heading north. Well, the Underground Railroad wasn't started by 1858. Mm-hmm. Right. So we're talking back. It was, back. But the routes would have been there. Yeah. It just makes you think, you know, when you think about these northerly routes heading out of the south, it just, no, you know. The road that the bench detachment followed was a main route between Pulaski and Huntsville, but it was supplanted and replaced in 1936 by Pulaski Pike. And by the by then, Highway 31 was already a big thing in Tennessee. The path had been uh, supplanted, what, 1929? 1929? Yeah, I think 1928's when they paved up. But I think it's early 1900s is when the, this B-Line Highway, you know, where they wanted to make a route from uh, the Great Lakes to the Gulf. Mm-hmm. And I've even found articles where preachers, it was very political, y'all, where preachers were preaching from the pulpit. There was a route they was trying to make to New Orleans, uh-huh. and they were saying, not to Sin City. The, 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 the Beeline Highway was the route that God wants because it don't take you into that man-made. I've got an article, a preacher, where they were preaching. I've even found an article in 1915 where Huntsville, Alabama, was talking about Ardmore as the great next big, because we had a railroad, we had a major road going through, uh-huh. we had new buildings, and they was talking about this is the place that's going to boom. Right, and we'll have to talk about that in an yeah. upcoming episode about yeah. Ardmore, which we're going to yes. be ha- having soon. If you, as you're leaving Ardmore, if you want to actually see the old roadbed, yes. plain as day, leave on the Tennessee side. You'll see where the old country club is on the left, just past the turn off to dog days. What's the name of that road? 
I don't know, Duggars is what everybody used right. to remember. Yeah. But when you see Country Club on the left, you, if you look to the right, you'll see a ravine, a deep ravine. Okay. There's a rut oh, going up the side of that wow. hill. And it, that's the old road that they took. That is oh, exactly. That's going to Elmont Springs. Right? Yeah, yeah, that's amazing. Is. Again, there's it's the springs. The springs were there. Yeah. All right. So I do want y'all to tell us a little bit about how y'all took all this information and have turned it into a designation and what is going on with that today what can people now see as far as the signage how did y'all make that happen tell me a little bit about that well i just contacted the national park service and they emailed me back and and said yes that is a designated route so i said well you know what can we do and they furnished the signs and everything. Uh, so y'all submitted all this documentation you have found. Actually, the National Park Service has been working on it for a long time. Okay. They already had it. The, pro- okay. the problem was they were not confident in the route. Once we showed them, yeah, there were two roads yes. going between Pulaski and Huntsville. They diverged at Madison Crossroads and converged in Childs County somewhere. Sure. And then we showed them which one was the correct one, and they had confidence in it. We went around and everybody said, yeah, that's the one, that's the one, that's the one. And once that confidence was there, the National Park Service would say, yeah, we, we got this. But when I contact them, the work had already been done. And it was pretty easy. I just said, well, you know, what can we do? And they said, well, we, we can send you signs. So, so now got, how many signs is it? They're going to put about six. Uh, they, they're going to be about six, I think, in the Ardmore area north of Pinedale. Uh, so road. these are going to be those brown, like National Park Service Trailers corridor right. signs. So these are what's coming up this year. Are they going to follow 251 to State Line Road, or are they going to go under the river? I think road? they're going to go straight into Ardmore. I, I said that something to him about the route, maybe going left, and he said that puts another key. I said, no, just get the signs up. Yeah. Okay. So. And and they're supposed to be installing the signs, hopefully uh, through Limestone County into Athens, and then uh, out. 72. About 72 as well. Yes. So as y'all are driving, as the weather's getting pretty and you're going on those Sunday drives out through Limestone County, take a look. Down Highway 72, if you pay attention, you'll see now it's going to be officially designated that this is where the Trail of Tears came through in Limestone County on Highway 72 and up on 251 and some on 53, right? Yeah, there is part of it's 53. Okay. It's weird. So you can actually go and you can see where these, and where could people go to find more information online about it? You can Google uh, Trail of Tears, the National mm-hmm. Park Service. Okay. You should take your right. And the maps shows. Okay, so it's on the National Park Service website. Yes. And I know I saw some maps on their site, some really excellent maps that show the different routes that went through the south. And you can kind of zoom in on Limestone County to see. I'm, I'm a stickler for detail, so it doesn't get quite detailed enough for me. But you can see the, the routes. Right. So just to, go ahead, Richard. I'd like to challenge these two to do a book. I think they should. And they can. They know too much. (laughs) The new computers that'll help you with the English. (laughs) Well, you got you understand, Richard. uh, People who know me, I I I don't think I've ever read two books in my life. (laughs) So many books that can be written about the Ardmore area. It's really incredible. You were talking about Mildred's and the path crossing right there. There was a path right there in 1802. Uh Thomas Butler mapped it. Nominating it as the first federal highway uh, for trade purposes, yeah. but it, it didn't get done. See, it wanted to be a natural trade. together in a book for us. Right. That's right. So, just final thoughts. Um, I'd like for each of you to just answer this question. For you, 
as a couple of guys who grew up in Ardmore, you thought you knew it like the back of your hand, but now to discover this depth of history and to help others now understand and appreciate, what, is, what does that mean to you, David, and to you, Ronnie, to been able to find this and be a part of this effort and do something? It's exciting. But the more I go on, the more I learn, the more I realize I need to learn. There's so much to do, so much to capture, and hopefully preserve for people in the future. Right. One thing, when I hear a story, I go to newspaper. Ancestry.com's got a newspaper. I'll go to word search in that newspaper trying to find articles. I've even tried to find articles of the Beans Trail and the Indians. But a lot of this stuff is kept secret because it's so wrong what we did. Yeah. To, right. uh, and and yeah. and even in the, what you're talking about the slavery thing, that's right. one reason you don't find too many articles because it's you know. And there's some more history coming up in Ardmore that's well. There's a, our whole country has had to come to a reckoning, haven't we? Right. But I don't want to erase history. We shouldn't be erasing history. But but we need to know how we came about exactly and, right. and, and how and, we make it better and how we can right. make it better. Yes. Right. right. Yeah, it's it's. I get a lot of people ask me questions. Or they'll ask me to write something down, and I'll write it down in a way that may seem unflattering, but I'm just trying to be honest and say, you know, yeah. we need to remember this. We need to commemorate this. Yeah. I am celebrating it, but I'm commemorating it. Right. I want people to remember. Right, right. Well, all right, guys. I sure appreciate y'all taking this time. Richard, you got any final thoughts on this? Amen. Amen. Well, thank you, guys. And, uh, folks, I appreciate y'all joining us for another episode of Homegrown History. And y'all... Go take a ride down the Trail of Tears. You've been listening to Homegrown History, a podcast produced by the Athens Limestone County Public Library in cooperation with the Limestone County Archives in Athens, Alabama. Join us next time as we explore the yesterdays that have made Limestone County what it is today. For more information, please visit the archive website at limestonecounty-al.gov. To hear other recordings from our Library of Voices podcast series, please visit the Athens Limestone County Public Library's website at alcpl.org. Library Voices is also now available on Spotify and Apple Podcasts.